Hi, this is Brother Richard Edward at Church of Our Savior. Thanks for listening to our sermon podcasts. I wanted to take just a moment before we start this Sunday's podcast to invite you, if you haven't done so already, to contribute to support this vital ministry of the community. Everything from our staff to our IT infrastructure is vital for us to continue podcasting regularly and to continue the service that touches so many lives. It's so easy to give a one-time contribution or make a monthly pledge online. Just go to cosmv.org slash pledge. Again, that's cosmv.org slash pledge. Any amount makes a difference, and your gifts are tax-deductible. Thank you again for listening and supporting this work in the gospel. We look forward to seeing you soon. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs that he was doing for the sick. Jesus went up the mountain and sat down there with his disciples. Now, the Passover, the festival of the Jews, was near. When he looked up and saw a large crowd coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Six months' wages would not buy enough bread for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they among so many people? Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now, there was a great deal of grass in the place, so they sat down, about 5,000 in all. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated so also the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were satisfied, he told his disciples, gather up the fragments left over so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, and from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled twelve baskets. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they began to say, this is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. When Jesus realized that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he withdrew again to the mountain by himself. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into the boat, started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark. Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were terrified. But he said to them, It is I. 
Do not be afraid. Then they wanted to take him into the boat, and immediately the boat reached the land toward which they were going. The Gospel of the Lord. Jesus said, make the people sit down. My world these days is filled with things that don't work the same way they used to. Things that take five minutes normally take about 15 minutes. And things that used to take an hour sometimes are done in five minutes. And about 50% of everything I attempt slips sideways. I don't know. For me these days, 50% is a pretty good success rate. How about for you? You can't do anything these days without running into roadblocks. Even that old convenience of ordering things online. Well, supply chains are fouled up, and things are back-ordered, and it's a mess out there, and frankly, it's a bit of a mess in here. And you know what? 50% is a good thing these days. I was passing through the Lepo room just the other day, and the regional director of the preschool that leases space from us was sitting there, working on her computer, getting ready to meet with the local director. I said, Katie, it's great to see you. She says, it's good to see you too. I said, so how are things in your world? My, my world these days, about 50% of things are going wrong. She said, that's about my world too. It's about my world too. I don't know why, but it made me feel so much better to hear that. The early Christian community to which John was written was in a situation that was not entirely dissimilar to our own. Of course, it was a very different society, a very different culture, a very different perspective, and different things were happening, but the basics were the same in that they were coming or trying to emerge out of a mortal crisis for the early church There were broken relationships all over the place, probably breaks with the local synagogue communities of which their Jewish members have been a part. There were rifts between Jewish and Gentile members of the Christian community, and Jerusalem had been wiped off the map, and their world was in complete and utter political upheaval and chaos. And a little bit like our world, there was a lot of distrust and mistrust around, and probably no end, yes, to our favorite pastime, a conspiracy theory or two, and probably some of them had died in ways that were less than they had hoped for. We live in a time very similar to that in the sense that we are just coming out of a calamity that actually no one can relate to within living memory. We have to go back into the annals of history to relate to what it means 
for 600,000 of our fellow citizens to having succumbed to COVID. And the reality, of course, is that, you know, parts of the country have not been vaccinated, and we now know what that means. And the unfortunate truth is, of course, the best teacher for us is experience. No number of experts jumping up and down can get all of us to change our ways. John's community was in crisis because the roots had been severed, the roots of the tradition. And there was a sense of where do we go from here and who gets to decide the future. John brings to bear in our gospel today two stories that were so critically important to the early Christian community. We can't really overstate the depths of meaning in the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus walking on the water, and the disciples together in a boat against the storm. To begin to illustrate what I mean, you have to keep in mind that these stories are common to all four canonical Gospels, written at different times by different people with different agendas. That's how important this was to the diversity of the early Christian communities. But more than that, we have some of the symbols and metaphors of these stories embedded in the actual physical building that is around us. You all sit in a place that traditionally has been called by the church the nave. And if you'll forgive the British humor for a minute, that does not make you all knaves. Don't get the wrong impression. The nave comes from the same root that gives us the word naval, N-A-V-A-L, or navy. The depiction of the church with the disciples gathered in it is a depiction of the boat. The boat in today's gospel. This sense that we are on this fragile craft in a world that is filled with storms, and of course these days droughts and wildfires and pandemics and everything else we can possibly imagine. And so if you take that metaphor on board for a minute and you imagine yourself as one of the disciples in the boat, you hear and see the message of Jesus miraculously coming to us in this storming and swamped boat walking on the water, saying to us, it is I, do not be afraid. And to cure our other ailment, which is to believe that we have salvation all locked up and figured out in here, Jesus comes from outside the boat, because Jesus is out there, already at work, bearing witness to the grace and love of God. And suddenly, when Christ appears, we find ourselves arriving at the place we were trying to get to. Do you see what John is doing now? This is a message for the church and for who we are called to be 
And if you don't get it, you're in good company. Do you see how nobody gets it in today's gospel? Nobody gets it. That's the point. John and Jesus himself are dropping hints so fast and furious you might get injured if you get hit by one. Watch out. Did you hear the hint for the Gentiles? It was around the time of the Passover, a festival of the Jews. That was not written for Jewish people. Jewish people know Passover. It's written for the rest of us. Did you get the message for the Jews in that early Christian community? There were 12 baskets left over at the end of the feeding of 5,000. 12 is a magic number in Judaism. It is the number of the tribes of the ancient Israelites. See what I mean? If hints were being lobbed at you, you would have to dug and dodge not to be hit. That's the point. And then, of course, there's the metaphors deep in the story of the feeding of the 5,000 itself. It's a metaphor, yes, of course, of the sacrament of Holy Communion. It's a metaphor, too, of how God's abundant grace is given for all who come in need and desire, even if they're not sure they know what to ask for. And just to drive the point home, John does a whole setup with Philip and Andrew. Jesus asks Philip, you know, how are we going to feed these folks? The answer is expected. It's just like you and I would say, I have no clue. I have no idea. How are we going to do this? And then Andrew gets a bright idea. Oh, there's, a, there's a kid over here with just a few loaves of bread and some fish, but it's not enough to go around. And Jesus says, break it. Share it. Watch what happens. Do you remember that day, not a year ago, when everything got shut down as far as our monthly feeding program at Mount Carmel was concerned? One of us talked with the St. Vincent de Paul Society up in San Rafael and said, okay, so how are we going to do this? What can we do? Suddenly we had a SAC lunch program. and Suddenly a congregation of about 400 members and maybe on a good Sunday about 100 of us gathering here found ourselves inviting others from the wider community. Over 9,000 lunches have been made by now. Do you see the story? That's our story. This is the story of the gospel. And it's offered with that beautiful imagery that comes from that familiar psalm that you all know about being led to green pastures and by still waters. Jesus says, make them sit down. Where does he make them sit down? Where the grass is green. In the midst of a climate that is even drier than ours is right now. See what I mean by hints? Have you been hit by one yet? Ducking, dodging, weaving. Jesus says, it is I. Do not be afraid. The people have been fed and they are comfortable. And so what's the next thing they want to do? They want to make Jesus king. 
Because who doesn't want a king who makes you comfortable, right? Who will take care of every wit and whim and need that you have. Let's give that guy the power. Sound familiar? Sound familiar? That Jesus refuses to play the games of power that the world offers and slips away. This is how God is with us. Sometimes kind of wily, because God knows that if we're given half a chance, we are going to make God do what we want God to do, or at least try. As we used to say in the Midwest, good luck with that. You know that story too. John is showing us another truth about our lives how generous God is with us and everyone outside these walls, and yet how God will not be pinned down by our notions of control and, frankly, our delusions about power, because that would crimp God's style, you could say, or God's love and its activity everywhere in creation. It is I, Jesus says, do not be afraid. So in my brief conversation with Katie, she said, the most remarkable thing to me is not that 50% of it isn't working. The most remarkable thing to me is the fact that the parents are being very patient. Now, you all know this as a truth. Parents in Southern Marin are not known for their patience, especially when they're paying the big bucks to have their kids in preschool. And yet here we are, on the tail end of a pandemic, the long tail, the patience of parents in preschool. It is I, Jesus says, do not be afraid. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.